Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoon. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, Nicole DeBoom here. Well, you know that because you already listened to the intro <laughs> to the show. Well, here's the second intro. Nicole DeBoom here. You ready to rock and roll today? I have such an awesome guest, one of my buddies. Um, before we get rolling, I feel like life almost changed in an instant for my family a few days ago. So it was the day before my birthday. It was February 16th. And I was out skiing, cross-country skiing at Snow Mountain Ranch. I was about the furthest you can get from the car. And I pulled out my phone and I was just checking the time because I don't wear a watch. <laughs> I just look at my phone sometimes. And at that moment, Tim was calling. And so I answered. See, he and Wilder were going downhill skiing at a little resort called Granby Ranch. And I said, hi, what's going on? And he's like, we've been hit bad. And I froze, like time froze. It's horrible. In my mind, I was like, were you skiing? Did someone hit Wilder while you're skiing? Like, were you hitting the car? And then he said, we're okay. Everyone's okay. So then I breathed again. <laughs> and what had happened is that he and Wilder were driving to the resort and they were going up this final hairpin turn. It was a snowy, slick morning. And a car was coming down the turn too fast. They were from out of town and their car didn't have snow tires and they hit the brakes and the car didn't stop. And they had a head-on collision with Tim and Wilder. And in so many scenarios, like, life would be incredibly different. It is a little bit different because one of our cars no longer works and there's a lot of anxiety that's happening and things that are surrounding this event. But I feel like it was a close call in a way and who knows how it's going to continue to unfold. But I shared, um, I shared this on social media and I told a few of my closer friends and I was uh, talking to the Myrnavator, Myrna Valerio. She's been on the show like a hundred times. And she sent me this text of what she was reading that morning. And here's a quote. It says, destiny is not an uncontrollable future. It's an active decision to write our own story. We are not what has happened to us. We are the story we write from it. We can write stories of fear or we can write stories of possibility. The power of possibility. Wow. Like how cool is that? How powerful is that? How crazy is it that she was reading that the moment I texted her and talked to her about what was going on? Like there's really no accidents. I mean, I guess there are head-on accidents, but there's no accidents in life. Like we're on this little journey and things happen and we go through them and they happen for whatever reason they're supposed to and we need to be processing constantly to continue to move forward. At least that's how I'm looking at it. So life can change in a moment, right? Today you're going to hear about a lot of life changes from Pamela 
In the case of my family, we are all okay. We're fine. We're here. We are grateful, right? That's what happens after something that could have gone so incredibly wrong on the other end of the spectrum. So when you go through traumatic things, um, like I said earlier, there's, there's anxiety. There's this sense that trauma happened and it often, we seek things that help us take the edge off, right? And a lot of times you might seek things like alcohol, like I used to, but I don't anymore, or drugs or, you know, other things that help, might help you cope with what's going on. Some are healthy, some are not healthy. Um, today you're going to learn about a new product that's out in the market in a category that has all the buzz, all the good buzz, the CBD world. See, Pamela is one of the founding members on the leadership team of a Boulder-based company called iCore Labs. It's I-K-O-R, iCore Labs. And they are the leading innovators in the world of endurance athletes and what CBD can do for athletes. It's really interesting because we talk a lot about how CBD can really truly help take the edge off for people who suffer from anxiety and depression. And it's not a a pharmaceutical drug, it's a natural drug. And it's not a drug that's going to make you high and test positive and make you impaired to drive and do things like that. It's truly a drug that's just going to hit your system in a way that may or may not benefit you a lot or a little. (laughs) How's that for a good description? Um, It's funny because right now, uh, with everything going on, I just I had to make sure that Tim was all stocked up on his daily iCore supplement because it really truly does help take a little bit of that edge off, um, as well as other cool things. So get ready. You're about to get both educated with some science. Neither of us are doctors or super science nerds. Um, and a lot of personal anecdotes about CBD and other things that help us live awesome lives. Um, to get in on the game on i use the code RECOVERBETTER for 20% off. Make sure you do. Um, write it down. Pause for a second. Make a note. Text yourself. Do whatever you have to do. RECOVERBETTER is your code. The website is icorelabs.com. I recommend all three of their products. (laughs) I love them all. But uh, if you have any questions on um, what to check out, definitely reach out to me or Pamela. Her information is in the show notes or you can check her out on Instagram, Pamela Robo, R-O-B-O. So Pamela is a PT. That means physical therapist. She is an entrepreneur. She is an athlete. She is a wife, sister, daughter, She's a spud lover, she's a tickle hater, and many other cool things. I know I've got your attention now. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Pamela on the show. Okay. We, we cracked it out. We cracked the code. We cracked the code. Okay. We cracked the sound <laughs> code. But I'm still like staring at this like very interesting potato that's mm-hmm. sitting on the desk. What? Tell me about yes. this. Well, I wanted to bring Wilder, my spud bud, 
a potato. Um, so we had one at the house that needed a new home. <laughs> so Wilder gets our potatoes. Okay, so you brought Wilder at old, crusty, <laughs> rotting potato. Not almost, almost old. She should use it soon. Oh my gosh, we have to like cook with it tonight? Yes, yes, no okay, pressure. So what's this like bond over potatoes with my yes. daughter? Well, um, we met over potatoes. So when we were all in Kona this past October uh, for Ironman World Champion Weeks, we came over to see you and Tim to say hi. And I'd never actually met Wilder in real life. I'd met her, you know, on the internet. Um, and I walk <laughs> over to the table to say hi to you guys. And without any words exchanged, she takes this gigantic, beautiful French fry and hands it to me. And I'm like, does this girl know that potatoes are my thing and my motto is no spud left behind? And we just, you know, the friendship really took off right then and there. You know, I don't know what made her do that because when she likes food, she usually doesn't <laughs> share it. So there was something about you that just said, bring it, sister. Totally. And we had many potatoes all week. <laughs> so we definitely coined the phrase Spud Buds, yep. which I love. And what's really cool is um, you mentioned Hawaii Ironman. Mm -hmm. We went this year because Tim got inducted in the Hall of Fame, which mm -hmm. was so cool. We hadn't been back forever. And um, you guys went there. And we're, we we're kind of, you know, working involved in a little project together. You're much more involved than I am. Mm-hmm. So you were there for a company called Icor. Mm-hmm. True what? story. What is Icor? Icor. <laughs> Icor Labs. We make CBD recovery products. So um, we were there last year, sort of under the cover of darkness a little bit with one product, our daily tincture. What does that mean, though? Like, were you just literally like walking around at nighttime pushing <laughs> CBD on people? And right? like, even in one year, people have a little more education. We're going to do some of that today. But like a year ago, people were like, what are you giving me drugs? Right, What's right. Going on? No, I, last year, we, my husband, John, and I were there um, for other brands, doing various work for other brands. And Icor had already been launched with our daily tincture at that point. And it was really born in triathlon. Big names like Tim Don and Crowey. Um, those guys were using the daily tincture. And so we were sort of getting it to other people, people they had influenced, people who were on the island, while we were working for other brands, having brand partners, you know, pass it off to someone at this brand and they're going to give it to someone at this brand. And so we sort of got that grassroots thing going on last year. And, um, and then in 2019, we went proper. You made it official. Yeah. I mean, because that's how all great brands start. Mm -hmm. You make a product and you're like, well, I like it and you like it, but let's find out if other people like it. Absolutely. And the cool thing about what you guys did is that you very quickly got this you call it the daily tincture. I think we'll educate on what those are, but you mm -hmm. got these products into the hands of some of the bigger names in the sport of triathlon. Mm -hmm. Pretty True. cool. Yep. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's talk a little bit then about the product we may as well. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned, you say CBD, we're a CBD like company. Okay. Right. There's a lot of people listening who already are like, oh my God, she's like a big stoner. Like, Are they smoking pot while they're listening? You guys, I don't do drugs. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Pamela. No. Okay. She's out. <laughs> right. So, so we're not smoking. We're not doing anything. And both of us are actually feeling really good because we're taking iCore products. So maybe we can talk a little bit about what CBD is. Yes. Let's well, do it. Let's do it. 
Um, I'll jump right into the differentiator um, that makes i what i is. We have 0% THC in our products. So THC is the psychoactive ingredient. It's the one that gets you high. It's the one that's going to pop positive on a test if you're getting tested, either for work or for um, sport or whatever. And we do not have any of that in our product, which means that our world-class athletes like your Tim Dunn's and whomever can use our product and not test positive on any of the drug tests that they need to receive. So our livelihood depends on that first and foremost. Can I, um, can I do a little pause break? Yes. This is really interesting. Like a lot of people don't realize that even in the sport of triathlon, which is, you know, most people listening to my podcast probably know what a triathlon is, these mm-hmm. swim, bike, run events. But um, it's a relatively small sport in general around the world. It's a niche sport for crazy people who like to like push so hard they throw up and pass mm-hmm. out and do all this crazy stuff. But, you know, there when I was racing, you could test positive from inhalers. Mm-hmm. You could test positive from too much poppy seed. <laughs> you could test positive from too much caffeine, mm-hmm. which usually was in the form of too caffeine pills Mm -hmm. like you couldn't just drink coffee and test positive Mm -hmm. Um, but there were a lot of different like scares I mean for a decade Tim did not take allergy medication because you could test positive from Claritin D not Claritin but Claritin didn't really work but Claritin D worked but if you took it you could test positive Mm. so like this positive test thing is kind of a big deal for athletes mm-hmm. um absolutely yeah so so i think that's a i don't know it's kind of notable like of course if you're doing drugs that's gonna be a positive test right exactly and that's sort of the the thing out there in the cbd world is you know some people will say oh such and such a person was using cbd and that person tested positive so cbd has marijuana in it and no way i'm not using it for example Um, And there's nothing wrong with marijuana, but that's a different discussion. This is very much for THC-free CBD. Um, And the, the, the big thing that I always say when I'm educating people is that I can speak intelligently about ICOR. I really can't speak about other products because I don't know their third-party testing. I don't know their percentage. And we shall not assume that all CBD is created equal. And that's like the biggest message out there. Okay. I think. I, I think that's a really good point to make too. Like mm-hmm. I can never speak um, on behalf of any other company that makes a running skirt because I never wear any other right. company stuff. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think let's note that everybody. Um, today we're talking about CBD under the umbrella of this amazing company called i So what the heck is this trend or hopefully here to stay uh, new, you know, offering that we as athletes and just general human beings can use because CBD is getting into everything. Absolutely. So the basic premise behind i um, and CBD in general is that it can help with improved sleep, um, which will lead to improved recovery, lower anxiety, and general uh, lower sort of anti-inflammatory um, yeah, it's anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatoryism? <laughs> we make up words. You know what? Um, yeah, and yeah. And- so we have a we have a receptor system in our body. So the reason it works is because when you take CBD, it 
attaches onto the receptors inside your body. THC also has a receptor system, but they do not need to work together for one to work more than the other. It's just what silo are you filling up? So with our pure CBD products um, and the way that we have them encapsulated in liposomes for quick absorption. Um, we are able to fill up your entire CBD receptor system for improved sleep, decreased inflammation, improved recovery, decreased anxiety. Oh, I love that. So, all right, let's just sign up. Done. No, I'm yep. just kidding. We're going to dig more in. There so, is, yeah. so what exactly like is CBD then and anti-anxiety drug per se or is it like you say the cbd gets into but what is that what is that thing that we're taking why would we take cbd would it would the average person benefit from taking cbd if like their life's kind of fine and they feel pretty good yeah, they could. I don't think it's going to hurt. It's like taking a vitamin. Um, and I just want to be clear that we do have actually studies in the work at i which is super exciting um, about its benefits of recovery. But a lot of these things that I'm saying are going to be what I've seen in the field, what I've seen as a medical professional, but not medical claims because we're, no, we're not there yet. Right. So, okay. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, so the three things that really seem to stand out are number one, for athletes, this is potentially going to help with your recovery. Mm-hmm. And part of that is it's going to help with your sleep. And we know that we need sleep in order to recover better. So how does it help with your sleep? Basically what um, the products we have are a daily tincture. So we, t- we recommend people take it morning and evening. Um, and sort of a layman's way of explaining it is, is it kind of um, down regulates your nervous system. So you're able to get to sleep more quickly, deeper, longer. It doesn't mean you're going to be sedated. Like if you have kids or whomever, somebody that needs to, you know, you need to hear them, that's fine. But if you wake up a lot in the middle of the night, you'll be able to get sort of under faster is what I say. Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, And then you mentioned this sort of anti-anxiety piece. Mm -hmm. So from an athlete perspective, or I mean, that's just sort of universal, mm-hmm. right? So can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So, I mean, really a lot of it does come down to improve sleep. So you will be less anxious if you're sleeping better. That's again, down-regulating your nervous system. You've got good sleep. You're not kind of ramped up at the start of the day. So, um, and we keep emphasizing sleep because sleep is the thing that people can feel the benefit of most quickly. Um, so if you've got good sleep, you are going to be more organized and whatever your anxiety is, is going to be slightly less. Um, so that's part of it. And then in addition to that, like we said, it is a down regulator of your nervous system. Anxiety is a ramped nervous system. So CBD, the, the that part of the cannabis plant, the physical actual, like, you know, fancy chemistry attaches to your receptors that can help down regulate your nervous system. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a third one in there. Does it actually help you muscularly? Um, like the recovery shot. We didn't talk about that product yet, but that's like so exciting to me because Okay, let me just sidetrack you guys. You're used to me sidetracking on the podcast, everyone. Um, but right now, i has three products that are in the market. One is this daily tincture. It's got a $69 price tag. You take it every day. It's going to kind of make you, give you that kind of stabilizing foundation, right? 
Another one is a topical. So this is a cool product that you can put on sore spots of your body, injuries, all that good stuff. And it has other ingredients that are going to help it absorb better, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yep. I'm doing this like so well. And then the third product is this super innovative recovery shot, which you can, it's a much lower price tag because you take it in one dose mm-hmm. um, and you can buy it in a six pack or more, I, I believe, right? Yep, 12 pack. Yep. Okay, so this is intended for like after really hard workouts when you need quicker recovery from a hard effort or a hard race, yep. right? Yep. So, so what are the like... I guess the muscular benefits. So stay tuned (laughs) because we, I can talk a little bit anecdotally about that, but we are literally, we just completed a study with um, Andy Pruitt and Neil um, Henderson over at Apex that is um, actually literally studying everything you just said with VO2 max and all this sort of stuff. So we just had, I think eight subjects go through it and results are coming out next week about the, you know, it not being a, the recovery shot being a really effective tool for muscle recovery, full body recovery, and all that. So, oh my god, it's a really, really, really big deal because one of the things we want to do at iCore is not only formulate our products, but be educators and innovators in the field. So we want to be the people saying there is no research. Just kidding. We totally have research. Here it is. So, oh, I yeah. love it because this is like the wild west. Totally, right? Wild I mean. West. You know, when marijuana got legalized and it's being legalized in so many states now, it was just like things started popping up everywhere. Nobody understood how to use it. The regulations were crazy. The percentages and, you know, all this stuff was coming out and it was sort of all over the place. So I feel like CBD is similar. Like you're starting to see it everywhere and every kind of product you could think of. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll end up in fabrics. Right. I'll be like, well, hemp, hemp clothing, hemp clothing. Exists. Like True. that's like, we've got, you know, Patagonia's crushing that. So, oh my right. gosh, that's so well, it's there. That's <laughs> true. I mean, maybe we'll just have to add some kind of like topical, you know, treatment sure. and then it can be absorbed into the body through right. clothing. I mean, exactly. who knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, exactly. But, uh, so I think it's really cool that you guys are on the cutting edge here mm-hmm. and you from my knowledge, are the first company to really target endurance athletes. Absolutely. And that is an area that I love and live. And Mm -hmm. so many people listening do too. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be ignored for the big sports, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's do this really quick right now while we have everyone's attention. They get an offer. They do. They get a discount. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go to Icor Labs. It's I-K-O-R labs.com and use the code RecoverBetter for 20% off. That's true. Oh my gosh. Make sure you do that. When does that expire? I didn't even look. It's it's good for a while and you can share that with your friends. Okay. Absolutely. Even if it's good for a while, it's urgent. Do it now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, Totally. Um, We actually, we have the power to shut it off. So (laughs) go, (laughs) go, go. Um, But really, truly, like if you have been questioning, should I even try this? Should I get in on this CBD game? This is your way in. And this is a company that I fully believe in. I know the owners and I've watched what you're doing, you know, firsthand. And I've actually seen the effects both personally and through my husband. Same, same. <gasps> oh my God, should we talk about our husbands? <laughs> yeah, <for let's>. <laughs> I was specifically thinking about the anti-anxiety part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think both of our husbands run a little hot with this like anxiety bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably for different reasons, but mm-hmm. um, you know, most people listening 
we've all got a little anxiety here and there. And some people, some of us really, you know, some people really struggle. And so Tim started taking I-Corps and I just noticed this like edge that was off. Mm -hmm. It was like, it took the edge off. Mm -hmm. And then like a couple months later, I just noticed the edge was back on. And I was like, Tim, are you still taking your I-Corps? And he's like, I ran out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I honestly believe, and this is a really hard thing, I think, to measure Mm -hmm. is, you know, how how you might be feeling because when you you have anxiety, you live it day to day. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to see. But when your person can Mm -hmm. see, I think it's, and feel it, you know, we all give off a certain energy. Right. Absolutely. So I don't know. That's my experience with Tim. Tell me about what's up with John. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, John, we're airing hey, your, John. your, your, your the, dirty secrets right. coming out. <laughs> so John's actually, John's big thing is more depression. So, um, and how it kind of links together. He's had many concussions. Um, the most recent one of which was 2013. He got hit by a car. So cumulative concussions um, will predispose you for depression. John absolutely is on also on pharmaceuticals for that. But since he started I-Corps, his, the edge, which for me is an overwhelming edge, or what I see is his, like everything's going fine. And then either the day is overwhelming or there's a noise or something like that. And he falls off the edge real quick. The mood is shifted. The behavior changes all that. And what I've noticed with um, the pharmaceutical meds help with the literal, the actual emotions, but the I-Core really helps with that edge. It's like further away and it's softer and it's like a down slope instead of like a cliff. Oh my God. Which is really amazing. And he's gone on and off of it just to see, you know, is that just a fluke or whatever? And a hundred percent he is better on it and he's also more focused like he actually was in massage school when this our whole endeavor with i started and school is hard for John and he was so focused um, in a way that I've never seen him before wow yeah so it's so I mean, it helps with like ADD too I mean <laughs> I don't know if I can make those claims um, okay, but you guys no, yeah we're not making that claim no but you can make but, your own claims when you try the product yeah I, I mean what John recommends is he thinks you know he recommends people go on for seven days take it in the morning and the evening and go off for a few days keep a journal keep a watch keep a whatever data you want and note the difference and maybe have your person yes note that's, the difference. I think that's the big thing yeah. because with oh, all like cool. mental health stuff I think it's really your person that helps you identify it can we talk about that placebo effect thing because mm-hmm. like I, you know a lot of people might be listening and be like uh yeah you just think it's helping right, right. um I mean, I know sometimes when I have soreness, I'll take Advil and I'll be like five minutes later, I'm totally better, you right. know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe some of it's real. Some of it might be in your mind. Like, can you talk to that a, a little bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing is we've got that study going with the recovery shot. So we are going to rule that in or out. Um, and the other thing is, so I'm a physical therapist, so I do have a medical background and there's a lot of research out there that placebo is a thing. Like it's, a placebo, if it is a placebo, is as a, could be as effective as a thing, as the oh, drug. Wow. That might blow your mind. But um, so we will, we will have some hard facts for you about whether or not it is a placebo or not based on our study. But there is uh, proof in the pudding, so to speak, that even if it is a placebo, placebos are effective. So why not 
still use them? I love that. Am I muddying the waters? No, I mean. still with me? <laughs> I think it's, I think that's legit. Yeah, it is. That's, and new medical research is showing that. I mean, whatever it takes to help you feel better. Right. If you have to wear a foil hat because you don't like thunderstorms and it works for you, great. Wait, does that. I, know, I just made that do, up. Does foil attract the, the lightning? Oh, I, I love that. But though. I might use it because I don't like Okay, <laughs> that's cool, but I think it might attract it. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Whatever happens with the foil. Um, so, you know, you mentioned you're a PT. Yes. You're also an entrepreneur. I, I guess mean, so, by default. By default. So let's talk about your path here, your career path. How did you get here? How did I oh get here? Oh my gosh, we better start at the beginning. I you, know. I, you know, I love to, uh, <laughs> I do love to kind of dig into backgrounds because, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you, this amazing woman, and we're all formed in different ways, right? Through mm-hmm. different experiences. So why don't you just share a little bit about where you grew up and what your childhood yeah, was like? Totally. I grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts, basically underwater near Boston. Um, I've got an older brother, an older sister, and um, I came out to Boulder in 2007, I believe. Um, I had done undergrad in Connecticut, and I did my graduate program um, through Mass General Hospital Institute um, for Health Professions. So um, I got my doctorate in physical therapy there. Oh my gosh, you're so, you're a little smart fart. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. I tried to come out here for grad school. Um, I actually was interviewing at Regis at the moment I got the call that I was accepted to MGH. And I was like, well, I'm already in Boston. I'm just going to stay. So I stayed. Wait, where was Regis at the time? In in Denver. Okay. Yeah. Because there was one in Gun Barrel and we ended up... No way being next to them but occasionally going in their space to set up trade shows because they weren't there anymore oh funny and so instead of regis university we were calling it skirt university but anyway yeah you could have been there <laughs> um sorry side note yeah so so wow so you i mean what called you to this line of work um so i was training for my first boston marathon um living back in boston i graduated from college i had played field hockey in college i totally missed sports so a friend of mine helped me get a number and we decided to run my first Boston Marathon uh, together and my knee started hurting and I went to PT for the first time ever and I literally remember saying well this is kind of cool it's like a certificate program right I could do this so did it help you (laughs) oh yeah it helped tremendously and the and the PTs were like you know it's not a certificate program like you're going back to school <laughs> girlfriend yeah this yeah. it's a long road but it's yeah. it's a fun and interesting awesome. road especially when you get through it yep um so, so you played sports growing up i did you, so yep. you ended up like a field hockey girl yep I was they mean. were like the field <laughs> hockey chicks at at yale were like first of all they were all hot <laughs> and but they were so badass I have to tell you, so I played you for- You fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I played for a D3 school, um, and I actually was like the Rudy of the team. <gasps> you I were the Rudy! I, I did not it. play uh, my freshman year. I was supposed to, and I totally bailed, but they let me uh, um, audition. That's not what it's called. They let me try out for sophomore year, and they let me, uh, they took me on the team, but I really never played. And my, but it was fine. Like I had my people, I had my tribe, I had my workouts and I, my last game of my senior year, the first, um, 
I was always like first on the bench, like keeping everyone organized. And they totally put up like balloons and signs like at my little seat. And anyway. And oh my God. Did you play your last I mean, my game? My last game I did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it's one of like the things I'm more proud of. I mean, they still elected me captain and things like that, even though I wasn't like stellar on the field. Oh my gosh. That, so. is, that is, that's a cool story. Yeah. And it, it really speaks to you know, your personality and your values, right? Mm -hmm. You wanted to be part of the tribe. Like you cared, you're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, if they weren't, if they're going to be the Rudy, they just, they're done. Totally. And my coach gave me the option. She's like, coming into senior year, you're probably not going to play. We, but your peers have elected you captain. We would love to have you part of it. We've got the budget for it. What do you think? And I was like, oh, Absolutely. Like, hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> so um, when you mentioned you have older sister, older brother. Yep. Um, were you close with them growing up? Yes. They are seven and nine years older than me. Oh, wow. But we were very, we were still pretty close growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And so what kind of, like, what kind of, I don't know, raise, uh, I don't know, what kind of values or, or how did your parents raise you? Was it a strict household? Was it a free range household? I was the youngest of three, so life was really good for me. You might want to get my sister on this <laughs> for what it was like to be the oldest. Um, we were a very, um, we did family vacations at the Cape together a lot. We traveled a lot together as adult children too. Um, we've always been pretty close. Uh, my mom raised us with the motto of what goes around comes around, which is why I have a circle necklace on. She got us both circle necklaces when we turned 40 and 70 um, with that because that's sort of how she raised. That's her motto. Wow. So family's yep. really important to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. You know, close. when we were talking in Kona, we somehow got around to head injuries, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you shared the unfortunate story of what happened to your brother. Yes. And I, I just feel like it could benefit some people to hear to hear what happened to him and you know how you still hold space for him in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a open book on this subject. So, um so 15 years ago when my brother was 33 and I was 27, we were on a family vacation in New Zealand, the five of us, my parents, brother, sister and I, and we had finished a 3-day trek um around the Rootburn track down in uh, southern New Zealand. And um, my brother Nicholas had befriended the guide. So when we got back to our house, they went out for a night in Queenstown. No big deal. He's 33. This brother of mine, this enveloping, pushing brother of mine. um, And basically, he didn't come home. So what had happened was they had climbed, he and the guide had climbed to the top of a redwood tree in Queenstown, which a lot of people do, carve your initials and watch the sunrise. And we don't know what happened, but he came down from that tree head first. Like hands didn't go out, literally hit forehead first. Um, And so we somehow, I don't know how, we got a call from the local police that they had him. Um, an emergency room doctor from Australia was on vacation and walked by him and did the, he was, did the whole jaw thrust CPR thing. And they somehow got him to the Queenstown hospital. We were brought there and then quickly he was med flighted to Dunedin where he stayed for nine weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he had what's called a diffuse axonal injury, which is a really terrible head injury. It's sort of everywhere. So 
Yeah. Okay. So this happens on vacation. Mm-hmm. As adults, mm-hmm. you know, something that you would never have expected. You'd had this great trip. Yep. You know, he's doing, I would have done, I would have climbed the tree. Totally. In my early 30s, mm-hmm. you know? Was he married? Nope, not married, did not have a significant other or children. Um, and basically what happened there was he had surgery to manage the swelling. He was showing us he would live. You know, you start weaning off a ventilator and he's unconscious but breathing. Um, and so at that time I was in graduate school. I was in my second year of PT school and my sister had gone back for a second career in nursing, which was interesting timing. Um so I, my grad school said, basically, we understand, obviously, what you're facing. Either come home and try or let's put you on a leave. My parents said, go home and try. You can always come back. So I went home and with this amazing tribe of people through grad school was able to continue. And my, um, my parents and my brother flew home, I don't know, probably seven weeks later. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you get him home. Is he at all the same person? No. He is. There's literally nothing left of the original guy. So I talk a lot about version one, version two, original guy, this guy. Those are common phrases I have. So um, the original guy would have been like a total boulderite, right? Like super athletic, so smart. He was a filmmaker. He had just made his first feature length film. He was about to go around the world, literally from New Zealand to India to do film festivals. Um, And over time, as he emerged slowly out of a coma, it wasn't like on TV, like one day you're awake. um, He is very disabled. So he has basically quarter sight in one eye. He can't read or write. He can understand everything, but he can't really speak. Um, he can do yes or no questions. He walks with forearm crutches. He has 24-7 care. Uh, my parents made an apartment in, our, in their house and a caregiver moved in. Um, he can't hold a job, can't live by himself. He's a really sweet guy. You hear a lot about head injury folks getting to this angry stage and getting stuck. We never got there. He doesn't like loud noises, but he's a really sweet guy, but he is absolutely not version one. How did your family fare through this? I mean, textbook perfect, as perfect as can be. <laughs> I Honestly, I've only, even as a medical professional, I've seen this rip families apart. And I don't know, maybe I'm too close to it, but I feel like it brought us much closer together. We had a quick change of roles because even as a 27-year-old child, I was no longer the baby. Um, so there was like a big shift there that I had to recognize and yeah, even as a 27-year-old, it still felt weird. Sometimes it still feels weird. Um, but we, I I don't even know how to explain like how we did. We opened up communication in a way that has never been opened up before, logistically and emotionally. Everybody got in therapy separately over the first couple of years. Um, my dad has really taken the reins with Nicholas. He's the gatekeeper, the boss, the bookkeeper, the calendar, and that's like his control we've all been able to sort of step outside of our bodies and see how the other ones deal with Nicholas um, and just respect their process. I mean, it all sounds so generic, but it's, it's true. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it's almost like you guys 
could write some kind of manual or paper about it feels your that way. experience going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. So did you hit an angry phase? Um, I sometimes still can hit an angry stage. So, you know, we absolutely, I grieve for the first guy. And I kind of want this version of this guy who's sort of like this 90-year-old stuck in a 48-year-old body um, to like hurry up and move onward with life. And we're all okay with that if that were to happen. Um, But there are times I sort of preface the story with my envelope-pushing brother. This guy made some choices in his life. This choice to climb the tree. I mean, I got the adventurous edge where you said I'd do it too. There's seven feet between branches. Like that's not really. Oh, smart. I don't think I. Actually, yeah, I don't think you. Would no, actually, that. that I would not do. No, this Change is more of like a take ropes up there kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, there are times where when his current health is impacting our family and stressing out my poor parents, that I'm like, oh, this was a choice. You made a dangerous decision, and this the fallout is this. And but he doesn't he maybe doesn't understand know, that. And he doesn't. He which, can't understand. Does he know what happened to him? He's learned. So if you ask what's wrong, he'll point to his head and he'll say, I hit my head. Um, But he really, his long-term memory with family and really dear friends is good. But a lot of, he has no short-term memory. So he's like the world's best secret keeper. He's amazing. (laughs) He's like having a dog. Like, oh my God. He he knows, well, he doesn't know he knows, but he knows all the things. (laughs) Right. Oh gosh. One day they're going to come out. Totally. Um, but I he, mean, yeah, you know, with brain injuries and you said like you, he, you slowly weaned him off of the machines and then he comes out of the coma, you know, and with brain injuries, they often say like every brain injury is different and mm-hmm. it could take, you know, time to settle in. So he's done settling like this. Absolutely. Is, this is it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he emerged for probably two years slowly, but he's about where he is. And because my parents will not give up, I mean, he still gets music lessons and he goes to Pilates you know his version of Pilates and all this stuff so like he hasn't regressed but I mean it takes an unbelievable amount of a team and dedication to keep the physical movement and any sort of brain stuff going Um, but yeah he to my understanding and this is the world I choose to live in he does not understand truly his deficits he doesn't long for a life that he once had and I live in that truth yeah I I um I I would live there too yeah and I want I'm gonna live there too for him yeah it's a good he's he's okay with that we talk about it um (laughs) let's go back to your PT then so have you ever used your PT background just for instance to help him how do you do that yeah so one of the things my family is very good at because I probably had to say it early because I was in grad school is they have to ask my permission if they want my PT brain because at the beginning it was getting a little murky and I was getting really overwhelmed and I was like, you guys, I need to be a sister and a daughter. I don't need to be a PT right now. You know your boundaries? <sighs> Turns out. Do you? I how did you I do? How did you get that? Well, I was in grad school at the time and th- Nicholas was doing rehab at Spalding Rehab Hospital where I was also um, a student who were also sponsoring for the 2020 marathon team by the way. Wait, what? Super exciting. I-Core is. No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so so cool. Okay. Anyway, Spalding is like second family. Um, Anyway, and when I was there, so I'm a student there doing my internship on spinal cord injury. My brother is a patient on the brain injury floor. And I met this um, psychiatrist, uh, Chris Carter, who's unbelievable. And I remember knocking on his door and being like, um, 
how do do I, what, how do I be here? How am I doing this? Like, how do I help this person who has a terrible spinal cord injury? And I'm like seeing this redhead in some sort of adaptive sports out of my other eye, you know, Nicholas is a redhead. Um, And so Chris really helped me set those boundaries up really early. And I'm so grateful to him. Have they transcended into the rest of your life? Like, do you have good boundaries with Pretty much everybody. I really do. <gasps> I think I do. Wow. Have, okay, let's yeah. talk about it. So how I know that I suffer from uh, boundarylessness mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> um, how do we figure out those boundaries? How do we do this? How do we start that process of maybe saying no? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I think for me where I've learned it the most is I did start my own PT practice a couple of years ago. This is just the most recent um, example. Um, and I really had to start letting people know when they were asking me for advice that they get like 15 minutes of my time. And after that, I would love to make an appointment. And reminding them that they live in Boulder too and we're all entrepreneurs here and our time is really important because I don't want to fry. It's not even like a money thing. Like I just don't want to fizzle out of the things that I love doing. So that's a really good point. That's and I and literally everyone I've said that to is also an entrepreneur and they like totally get it, which is kind of fun because once you throw it out there and it's like out there, then everyone's on the same page. So you why don't we do that? Are we afraid we're going to offend people by not giving too much of ourselves? I guess so. And also I can't fix everybody. I can't fix everyone in a 15 minute chat over the phone. Like that's we a need, good point. I mean, for my for my skill set. Um I just, and I'm not, I can't sit there for an hour texting back and forth about something that's probably not going to be very beneficial for either one of us. So. Right. But that's the same. I have the same. I've lost my ace in the hole when I have an issue. (laughs) I was getting ready to text you. You can text me. Oh, oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's exceptions. Um, Yes, of course. No, but okay. So what were you, were you just saying something? Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's go back then. Yeah. Okay. So you finish your, you get your uh, PT mm-hmm. like doctorate. degree, doctorate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And did you start working immediately? Yeah. So, I, well, yes, I finished grad school and, oh, it was during that time that I had said that I wanted to come out to Denver for um, graduate school. So right when I was looking at my year long internship, Nicholas got hurt and my parents said, please don't think about going out West right now. And I said, of course, that's of course sticking around. So once I was done with my internship and Nicholas was settled at home with my parents and a caregiver, I kind of had the itch to get out of Boston. And they said very specifically to me, go now because you might need to come back in the future, whether to help us or Nicholas or whatever. Got it. Um, And so I kept finding myself not signing leases in Boston. I met a girlfriend at the climbing gym. Her name is Julia. She said, hi, I'm Julia. I'm moving to Boulder in September and you're coming with me. And I was like, you're a crazy lunatic. And then I did. Oh my God. Okay. So what year was this? 2006 or seven, 2007, I think. Okay. So at that time you were still Pamela Robbins? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So your last name actually didn't change much. How cool is that? (laughs) So when did you meet this guy that we've already talked about? John. Mm -hmm. When did you meet him? So we both had moved here in 2007, me from Boston, him from Chicago. So we met in, well, we met on this little thing called Match.com. That is so awesome. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even an app. It was a website. Um, 
And did they have apps in 07? No. Apps why, weren't a thing. No, it was there no. was no app. It was a full website. Um and he was from Maine. And I was like, well, we got the New England thing going on. Um and we met, went on a few dates, we watched some Patriots games. I was like, hell yeah. And John was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Ah, wait a minute yeah. you were like hell yeah this is a thing yeah. like we're a couple now and yeah. he was like nope nope wait he had, what he had come from chicago and he just got his heart kind of stomped on so oh. he needed a minute poor guy he needed a minute he, he well, needed like four years well he okay so four <laughs> years usually like you would not be married at this time there mm-hmm. would be someone else if, right. you, if there was a four-year tumultuous thing was it tumultuous no it was super clear it was friends only oh my god boundaries boundaries <gasps> that was that was all john oh my gosh <laughs> so you spent four years being like uh when is he gonna like open kind up of. I'm, yeah did you date other people i did and he did and but there, he did more than I did, and he would always make them meet me. <laughs> Wait, oh, that is so crazy! I know, because yeah. he just knew, like, the minute he turned into you, yeah, it was, yeah, there was going to be no- nothing Game else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So, so when did that happen, and how? That happened. Uh, bring you back to triathlon. So we had both done an Ironman, and we were doing halves at the time. And we decided as friends to go home to do Timberman, which 70.3, which I don't even know if it's still Timberman. I don't know. I think it's New Hampshire. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know either. I've lost track. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's awesome. If it's another name now, you should do it. Um, And we had gone. So John's like, well, let's go to New England. We can stay with my parents, my little 10-month-old niece lives there now, and then we'll go do Timberman. So we went to Maine, and uh, I mean, it's so cliche, it's ridiculous. He just told this story the other day on Valentine's Day. We, went out, we all went out for ice cream, and we were listening to the Red Sox game on like a stormy night, and we'd lost power. So we're listening on like a hand crank radio, and that night, going to bed, I couldn't sleep, and I'm like, John... Either we need to date or we need to break up because this is ridiculous. Like we got no room for anyone else. And he said, and I quote, your feelings are like a wildfire and mine's like a pilot light. Oh my God. It's funny because if you know John, it's about accurate. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so amazing. Yeah. So that was it. That was it. And well, no, he made me suffer for 10 days where he, when he went on, he was like, Basically, I'll think about it. So we go on to do the race. Wait, was the pilot light? It was lit, but it hadn't like flamed out yet. Yeah, what to do with it? Oh my god! So we go do the race. I'm like, you know, shaking and sweating the whole ride there. Um, He goes on a 10 day business trip, comes back, and he had come over my house. I think after a Pats game, and he's like, I'm gonna go home. And I handed him a toothbrush, and I was like, You should stay. And then that was it. He said, I'm scared, and I said, I'm scared too. Oh my God. So wait, he moved in to... No, with, but that like, was like sleepover. Here's a toothbrush. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a toothbrush. Was it a new toothbrush or no, had you used no, it? No, it was was it toothbrush. your toothbrush? Okay. All right. Oh my God. I love this. Yeah. So every love story starts in a different way, you totally. know, and the way we make connections is just so important in this world and mm-hmm. yours could have gone any which way totally at any time. And yeah, you two were meant to be. He's the great love of your life. Totally. I mean, we talk about starting with a strong friendship. 
Like, yeah. undoubtedly. So, so you've been together. Like, this is the funny part. Like, how many years have you really been together? Right. I don't know, because there's this whole, like, pilot light thing for right. four years. And we count um, it now. We're like, we've been together for, like, 12 years. <laughs> we've been married for eight, I think. Eight and a half. So um, did I first like meet you when you were skirt ambassador yeah i think so oh my gosh and then okay so we have this great ambassador right. program like thousands of women yep. all over the country amazing people you were local you're an ambassador we maybe interacted a little bit yeah and then you were like i'm gonna quit and i was like <laughs> who quits no one quits being an ambassador um and but you were like i'm going on the road I, yeah. we're taking the show on the road yep and th- that's what you literally did so literally. you guys don't have kids did nope. you have a dog at the time we did with penny yep you still penny. have her yep mm-hmm. and you were like we're gonna do some this like van life thing before van life was a thing totally yep. you were like the innovators of van life <laughs> so what made you two decide to quit you know john was working at scratch i yep. think yep and um you were doing pt right yep like, what made you just say, uh, we're just going to quit our jobs and who knows what's going to happen when we come right. back and we're going to go on the road? Yeah, I'll tell you. I first have to say that John is, I think, my biggest influencer. He came, he was working with you, I think, through Scratch. And he came home and said, Pamela, there's this bra out there that everyone's freaking out about. And it's Skirt Sports and it's Nicole. Da, 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 da. You have to get it. You have to check it out. You got to like dive into Skirt. And I was like, OK. I'm like, my husband has influenced me about bras. Like, that is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, usually like we take the guys off of our email list, but no, nope. <laughs> maybe we should keep them on. So it's oh, funny. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So, so yeah. So tell yeah. me about how this new adventure in life went. Yes. So it was born from 2013 was a very difficult year for us. So we had originally wanted kids um, and dove very deeply down uh, the rabbit hole of fertility treatment and all sorts of stuff. Um, I didn't know this. Yeah. This is new for me. Oh, there you go. So wait, you wanted kids. So when you were like in your early years, you were like, well, someday we'll have kids. Yeah. Well, like we were like immediately let's start having kids. And so it just never, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. So did you do the, like spend the money and get the IVF? Yep. IUI, the IVF, the whole thing. Um, couple miscarriages and gosh, that's brutal. That's hard on your body too. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, it was. But we were in it. We were like, once we knew what the vision was and how far down the road we were willing to go, we were like, I'm, this is my take on fertility treatment. Women can do anything. So like put your head down get it done like whatever and John kept saying oh but you're going through so much I'm like I can do anything literally anything what's our goal let's do it however how'd that work out <laughs> <laughs> well as soon as we did, so we did a round of IVF um ended up with a miscarriage and we literally looked at each other and said we can do it again or we can take that money buy a van shift our vision and like live a different life and um thankfully we're on the same page like much like the brain injury I can understand how this rips people apart but we were like completely on the same page that it was time to pick our head up and do something else and so as soon as I lifted my head up from like for the part-time job of fertility treatment I was like I'm out (laughs) and when you say like I can do anything and then it's not happening it doesn't make you feel like you were you know it makes you feel like you failed kind of or you weren't at least successful in this endeavor and so that's that's not a great feeling well it's interesting so my mom will my mom said once I heard her saying um to somebody oh they can't have children and I actually sort of stopped her I was like 
Oh, no, we chose to stop trying. I think if we had kept going, odds would have said we would have ended up with a kid. And to me, that's actually, maybe that's that, like, I don't know, defeatist or not defeatist or taking the power back in the story kind of thing. But I, I choose to say that we stopped trying. You know, I think that's a really important phrase mm-hmm. because a lot of us tend off the cuff to say like, we couldn't have kids, she couldn't, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. It becomes this like, you have to own that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. There's a lot of different ways to have children. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to be biological, you right. know? I mean, so, okay, I love yeah. that. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So we reframe, we refocus, and you, now you're like, we're going to have some freedom. Exactly. So we've got freedom. We um, So that was 2013. We John also got hit by a car on his bike in 2013, which is that concussion I was talking about. Um, and then we were at the Boston Marathon finish line in 2013. Oh, and that was a big year. Yeah, big year. So I was across the street from the second explosion and John was a couple miles away. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so that was when you were on the road? No, that was the year leading up to the decision to say, to remind ourselves again that life is short. Let's live a life of mini retirements is our approach. So no kids. Let's shift our focus. We're actually really happy with that decision. Life is short. We get hit. We're in sketchy scenarios that we didn't expect. There's always the underlying thing about my brother. So you did it. Let's go. Can we talk about Boston for a minute? Absolutely. Um, I haven't had anyone on the show yet who's been right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people, but did maybe you can explain what that was like for you, your experience both during and, you know, PTSD or anything that you've dealt with since. Totally. And it actually, it actually ties to ICOR. So, um, so the premise of all this, I said, I got into PT because I, um, had run Boston and I ran 10 consecutive Boston's all for charity. So not only is Boston my actual home, but the Boston marathon is like my, a big part of who I am and my connection to Spalding over the years with fundraising first as a runner, then as a PT, then as the family member of a patient, like the whole thing. It's so interwoven and special to me. Um, So I had gone out. So the Spalding Marathon team hosts a finish line party at the Mandarin Hotel on Boylston Street. So I had just walked outside because my friend Jamie was about to come down Boylston. And I had been outside for like a minute. And I had heard the first explosion and I was like, that's weird. I've been here a lot. This is not normal. Was it fireworks? I wasn't really sure. And then I heard a second one, which is basically across the street from me. Um, And then from there was a lot of like there's this revolving door at the at the Mandarin, which is ridiculous because people it was so out of a movie, like people trying to get in and people getting out and not really understanding. So I finally got inside. My parents were inside. Um, and we had this moment where we were supposed to evacuate the Mandarin, but there's really nowhere to go because you're not supposed to go on the street. And the poor Mandarin people are evacuating us to a courtyard and you're still very sort of in the city. And we had Ernst Van Dyke with us, who is the, I don't know how many times he's won the Boston Marathon uh, wheelchair division. He's a Spalding athlete and he was with us. So we're, thankfully Ernst is, like in his chair five feet tall with arms like 
gigantic gorilla arms. Oh my God. So like he can do stairs and things like that. But because we were in and out and through doors and um, I very remember, very much remember being with him and being like, thank God he can do what he can do. Um, So yeah. And then we basically, I, John did not have a cell phone at the time. Um, I had my phone. I was using Facebook for updates. My brother-in-law told us from what he could tell on the news where it was safe to walk. We didn't know how much danger we were in or not. Like, was this whole city about to go up? Like, what was happening? So we he guided us through South Boston and we walked through the park over to the old Spalding on Nashua Street where we met. John had grabbed somebody's cell phone on the course and I said, get to Spalding. I'll meet you there. And he had been at mile like 24. Oh my God. And he was diverted, so... Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's just that when you're in a situation where there's just this like pervasive level of fear Mm -hmm. and it's because you don't have any information. Right. Right. But you know something bad happened. Totally. Absolutely. And I, for me, that was a tipping point for a straight up anxiety disorder that would get diagnosed probably about a year and a half later. So tell me about that. Like, how did you realize your personality was changed or what happened I there were things that I was avoiding crowds um very specifically crowds I mean still to this day I have to ask questions like if we're going to go to a sporting event like are we walking through metal detectors are we um just what does that look like um and so that was a big a big avoidance thing and then I remember we were on a trip with my family and my mom just kept telling me how angsty I was like edgy and angsty. And I was like, I'm not angsty. That's like a total mom word. Totally. (laughs) She's like, are you sure you're okay? Fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Fine. Totally. Stop. I'm fine. And it really helped. It really gave me pause. And I don't remember the actual moment, but maybe I did like an online search or something or I'd gone to my doctor's office and she gave me a generalized anxiety questionnaire. And I was like, that's me. I'm a little angry. I'm a little edgy. I'm not depressed, but I want to sort of growl at everybody all the time. And she explained to me what generalized anxiety was. And I like let out the biggest exhale. I was like, oh, that's what I have. Fix me. Oh my God. Do something. So how do you fix it? It was amazing. How do you get fixed? She put me on um, anti-anxiety meds daily and I was like back to myself. And it's interesting because when this happened, I said to John, I think I have anxiety. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, great. And you're Good. like, okay, so you are, have like a little bit of the depression yes. thing. I've got the anxiety thing. Like, we got perfect this. pair. Let's got go this. on the road. Totally. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so she put me on anti-anxieties. I was on them the whole time we were on the road. Like I just felt like myself again. It was really just that edge was gone. Yeah. I'm not like blissed out or anything. I was just like, whew, I can take deep breaths. So is that something you'll take your whole life? Or is that something that like the CBD, like i products can help with? Yeah, so actually when um, probably, I don't know how long I've been on i maybe a year and a half now. I felt not like, I didn't feel like flat, but I just felt my gut told me that perhaps I was doubling up. Like perhaps I didn't need the pharmaceutical and the CBD. And my primary care doctor in Boulder is amazing. I love her. And I emailed her and I said, what do you think? Do you think I could go off of it? Off of the pharmaceuticals? And she said, let's try it. And she gave me a taper and I did it. And 
it's, I did it with my doctor's permission. Yeah. I like the taper. <laughs> I mean, we all know what a taper is for right. racing, but we don't think about it in terms of other, you know, dependencies we may have. Right. If that's the right word, but exactly. Yeah. So we tapered off and I continued with the daily CBD and I'm good. I still have like Ativan for big, you know, sketchy flight or something. You're amazing. But it was, it's so great. It's so, I mean, I can like speak very, I mean, that's not a placebo. No. Like I have a thing. Yeah. CBD makes, Icor makes it not be there. Yes. So. Oh my I God. Mean, I don't know. That's, That's enough just, science for me. No. It, I mean, all we have really is the power of the science like you talked about and then our own experiences. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I am like, I love hearing this. This mm-hmm. makes me so happy. Okay. We got to talk van life. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you actually <laughs> went on the road. Like yes. you, did you like have a home and you sold it and then you like, what, what happened? So we rent, we have a house in Gun Barrel and we rented it. Um, we had gotten a... Um, 144 Sprinter van, so the shorter ones that fit in a cool. normal spot. Cool. And John had just left Scratch Labs, which was our first round of startup life. Love you, Scratch. Um, and he had built it out with a friend of ours who is a contractor in Madison, Wisconsin. Wait, he built out the van? Yeah. So like John brought all the supplies to Madison and our friend put the van in the bay for a week and he and t- the two other people did the whole thing. Okay, so did it have like, Cool. Like, what was this like? Beds and yeah, so kitchen got, and all that stuff? Yep, oh, my we've God. We've got bed. We've got a fridge, a sink, no shower, no toilet. Um, we don't need those things. We have pee bottles. Wait. So you just went outside a lot? A lot. Or we were at campgrounds more than we thought. Mm-hmm. We had a collapsible toilet if you really, you know, if someone was, sorry, if someone was unwell. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and we had literally pee bottles at night. So. Oh my God. Okay. So where did you go? You started in Madison then? No, we didn't. We actually started in Colorado, went out to California for Sea Otter Classic. Um, for all w- things was it bike. like for work or just for fun that you it were It was mostly picking? for fun, yeah. but John is such a like outdoor industry yeah. junkie and he he's so it. known yeah. that like we totally, we called it a big industry hug sort of everywhere we went. So we were actually working um, for Boco Gear doing um, their social media while we were on the road. Cool. Yay, yeah. Boco. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Our friend Kay Martin. Yep. Cool. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so we went over to Sea Otter. To, we were ambassadors for SRAM and Specialized. So we got to do some fun bike rides with all of them. Um, and then we went all the way up to Alaska via the ferry out of Bellingham, Washington. Um then drove all the way up Alaska, came all the way over, and then drove all the way down Canada and entered at, uh, at what do you call that? Glacier National Park. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's just one part. Did you have any breakdowns on the road no. emotionally or car? No. You know what's really <laughs> interesting is that we were, um, so we do this big sort of clockwise circle around the edge of the U.S. And um, we were hired to write for an online kind of blog magazines cycling centric um and we got fired because there wasn't enough drama either between us or with our gear or with the van on the road and I'm like that is the best problem in the world to have wait that is hilarious they're like can you anything anything (laughs) like no we're good solid solid bike rides like adventurous as heck but like safe so no we're good we're not gonna do anything to push that envelope (laughs) yeah so that is hilarious yep totally got fired not enough drama which is completely fine we got along 
well we I think it's back to that four years of friendship like I don't think that trip is for everybody but we really 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 like hanging out like a lot like I don't like how much I have to share John now um, we talk about i being the third person in our marriage because startup life is really hard. Yeah. And like, I long for the van. I get it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Do you still have the van? Oh yeah. It's John's everyday car. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Do you ever go out and sleep in it just for fun? Oh, no, not in front of our house, <laughs> but we'll take it out all summer and get to event. It's our event mobile. So do you so. recommend this? You know, we're kind of winding down the episode, mm-hmm. the conversation today. Do you recommend this kind of adventure? Or what kind of advice do you have for people who are looking to change up what they're doing? I mean... We are going to do van life in parts. This We were not just a one-hit wonder. We will do mini retirement again. Um, I think it's very affordable. It's cheaper to live in the van than it is to live in a house. You buy less. You appreciate your time more. Um, it, it just felt really simple and straightforward. And I don't really like the clutter. I'm really excited for Icor. I'm excited for my business. I love what I'm doing over at CoaFit. But I miss the simple days of the van and I miss having John Alt myself oh I totally yeah that is the love story continues Mm -hmm. in all areas right you know um really quick you mentioned Koa yes let's talk about them let's give them a little kudos yes what do you do (laughs) what do they do for people so Koa Fit is a personal training studio over near Whole Foods on 28th street and um, my friend Brenna Baki is the owner and she's amazing. Um, she came when I was on the road, I had written a blog for our blog uh, about how I wanted to work in wellness, not necessarily in a hospital setting anymore. And she came to me and said, do you want to open a little PT business out of this training studio? Because there's only so much we can do. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, and since then, I've been able to also... Um, sort of develop the personal training side of my practice, which really is insurance stops people from seeing therapists because you have to be hurt. And this allows me to play up the wellness and performance side of physiotherapy or physical therapy um, in a way that lets me work more on wellness. I mean, I work on people who are hurt too, but it's very, I feel very well-rounded as a therapist, which is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love it because we are definitely enhanced by the people we surround ourselves with Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend named Colleen Cannon, Mm -hmm. who you know from Women's Quest, um, been spending a lot of time with her (laughs) lately. Uh, She had this injury when when I was on a retreat a couple years ago with her, like literally she would be out surfing for like five hours Mm -hmm. and then she could barely walk. She was like hobbling in like total limp mm-hmm. and she's like yeah my, my board doesn't really like me sitting on it too long but then she would still go out because you have to when you're right. in Costa Rica um which by the way yes. you just came back from there too we could talk about that. so uh <laughs> but she literally the next time I saw her after we were home she was better and yeah. she said Brenna fixed me Brenna is amazing so yeah yeah when you are finding yourself with these imbalances and these Mm -hmm. issues that crop up, don't just go to your primary care physician. You can do that, but try some other healing folks. Exactly. And, and get over to Pamela's PT practice. (laughs) Yep. We're one stop shopping over there. One stop shop. Pretty great. Um, yeah. Costa Rica was pretty amazing. Uh, huh? Oh my gosh. You did a trip with your mom and my sister. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you doing over there? So we went down to the Osa Peninsula, which is southwest. I think Uh you're northwest. Where are you going? I know. I was southwest, too. Oh, you were? Okay. 
Um, yeah, I was in the same area. What town were you in? Puerto Jimenez. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to look. I'm not a geography buff, everybody. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should know more. Right. Um, it was fun. It was a group of people. Uh, my mom doesn't do yoga or anything, but there was a woman from her town that does yoga and had a little following and another woman in Boston who does um, sort of Zumba and other classes and has a little following. So they invited this tribe and my mom by default um because they play pickleball together um pickleball's a thing so fun we have rackets paddle like i will play anytime I have to learn oh we should go play okay because it's so fun we're playing it's not okay. just for old people no it's not for old people okay. in fact john and i introduced my parents to it oh my god now completely addicted <laughs> oh yeah god. it's so fun okay i also found that going on vacation with 75 year olds is maybe my favorite thing so like because pickleball is mostly older people it's like the best people to hang out with so because so fun awesome just so fun and they yeah. think you're like a world champion <laughs> totally i love it um so yeah so they they had this tribe of women going down to the osa peninsula and invited my mom to go along and she didn't even get the sentence out of her mouth and i was like i'd love to go she's like you don't know anything about it i'm like i don't care i want to go to costa rica everybody goes to costa rica what is this costa rica thing about i'm game so the three of us went down and it was magical it's, and yeah like my sister and I still cannot figure out how to talk about it without sounding like like a hashtag because we're grounded and we felt the bliss and we got to stoke because we weren't surfing for the first time and it just was very awesome. We had to make very few decisions, which is a vacation in and of itself. And the pace was chill and the food was good. It just was great. You know, re-entry is a thing. Holy smokes. No, thank you. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm not. A, it It really, I felt like I've been in, I don't know, backpacking for like three months. Yeah. And you know, the first time you have that experience is the most intense reentry. And then mm-hmm. it gets a little bit easier each time, Good. which kind of sucks. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there is, it is a magical feeling. It is. It's very much a perspective feeling like mm-hmm. some of these other experiences you've had in your life. It's true. All right. Well, we have been rocking and rolling this episode. Um one very small thing before we roll into our final answer. I discovered in Kona that you absolutely do not want to be tickled. Oh, yeah. Remember when Wilder yes. was like trying to tickle everyone and you were like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I, I don't like being tickled. And she was like, oh. Uh-huh. So she was, <laughs> it was really funny. What's up with that? What's up with that? So I am my father's daughter. So growing up, we always knew like, do not tickle your father. He will get mad. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it was like a flip switch. It's, you were like, not, you were not joking, but you weren't mad, but right. you were like, I'm on the serious side. I do not want to be tickled. Absolutely. I don't, I, maybe it's back to that nervous system that's a little more ramped up than your average bear. Um, but it is a visceral response to hurt the person that is tickling me oh my god which is why i didn't want wilder to get hurt yes (laughs) oh my god that's so awesome i'm staring again and going all the way back to the beginning to the potato right like if john accidentally he knows not to but if he accidentally tickles me i remind him that i'm not responsible for (laughs) because i hate it so much Uh, i don't know if it's i mean it tickles but i hate it yeah it's, it's uncomfortable yeah Anyway, kids like playing the tickle game, so right, I, I appreciate yeah. the way you handled that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up with the yeah. final question I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is if you can leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds, I'm drawing it out, mm-hmm. in a bigger and better way, mm-hmm. what would it be? 
Oh, boy. So a saying that John and I came up with when we were heading out to the van, because the whole world had doubts except for us, is what's the best that could happen? And that is really how we live our life and make a lot of decisions. What's the best that can happen? I freaking love Mm -hmm. it. All right. That's the title of this episode. Awesome. Thanks for coming on today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Over and (laughs) out. All right. All right. I am back. Oh my gosh. What'd you think? So much good stuff. Can you believe she hit us with that doozy at the end? What's the best that can happen? Hello. So cool. Um, We definitely took a lot of tangents, twists, turns, all that good stuff. And I loved it all. I could have kept chit-chatting with her for a long time, but you guys couldn't hear it, but my stomach was really growling. I needed to eat some food and go get a, you know, a CBD recovery shot for my core because it worked out hard today. Um, on that note, don't forget to use the code RecoverBetter at iCoreLabs.com for 20% off. Love their products, love the people. And as Pamela said, lots of cool new stuff coming out, including um, some new testing that I think is going to inform the the uh, creation of new amazing products to help support athletes' lives. Because that's what this podcast is all about. It's about making our lives better. It's about helping us feel less alone in this world. I appreciate all of you so much. Um, I want to share another couple projects that I am involved with. Well, first of all, how about skirt sports? How about that project? It's a pretty awesome project. You know, we are just in the early stages, kind of in the early middle stages of launching spring. That always makes me crazy that we launch spring when it's like four degrees out. But it's kind of how the retail and apparel world works. You launch spring in January and then you launch fall in July when it's 104. So uh, get over there and check it out. You may feel like you're not ready for spring products, but when you see the awesome, beautiful stuff on skirtsports.com, you are going to need some. Um, Geez, we need a new discount code, don't we? Actually, here's the deal. Join the Women Who Move group. Hello. Join the Women Who Move group on Facebook. You get a discount just for joining. So get over there. I've seen quite a few people pop into the group who've heard about it through the podcast, so I know it's working. Um, So yeah, get over there. Check it out. In February, we are doing a love letter challenge. And in March, I don't know. You have to see what comes next. There's always something fun in the Women Who Move group. Um, other cool projects, uh, I am a little bit involved with this really cool local instant coffee company called Alpine Start. I just want to make you aware of them. They have amazing products and they are one of the innovators of the cool niche instant coffee world. Their original tagline was instant coffee that doesn't suck and it totally doesn't suck. And then they made these awesome new flavors like dirty chai latte and uh, they've got a coconut creamer one super super yummy so check out alpine start foods i just want to give a shout out to them um and on a final note i just want to say thanks you know i actually have a patreon account for the uh, podcast i launched it last year i have a handful of amazing women who support me every month um if you want 
to support me and get, you know, get on board for a little deeper ride here because this podcast means a lot to you. It would mean a lot to me to have your support. Um, people are donating as much as $1 to 10 or $15 a, a, a month, not a week, a month, not a day, <laughs> a month. Um, it's really fun for me to put this podcast out and to share other people's stories. It does take time and, uh, but it's, it's a love of mine and I want to keep doing it. So thank you all current patrons for supporting me. And uh, if you want to check it out, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Nicole DeBoom. Or just Google it. Look for Run This World by Nicole DeBoom and you will find it. All right, everybody, on that note, that's it for today. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout. And we'll see you next week.